from grade school to high school. From high school to college. From college to the league. And it doesn't stop there. And a nice move, Scott Suggs. What if I told you that there was nothing impossible for those who believe? For those who believe in their dreams. Who believe in themselves. And who believe in truth. We're here to show you the way to the life you've always wanted. This is IGI. This is IGI. This is IGI. This, this is How to Be a Pro. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to IGI Sports, How to Be a Pro. I'm T. Jax. That's my main man with me. Scott Boogie. What's happening, everybody? What up, Bug? How you doing, man? I know you lagging a little bit, but we're going we gonna, to we put it on the, on the editing thing. It's going to sound smooth. But how you doing, bro? How you doing? Good to see you, man. I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'll try to answer quickly, like, as soon as you're done, so I think I can increase the lag. But... No, I'm doing well, man. I'm excited. We got a special guest with us here today. First guest of season two. Yes. So I'm excited, man. We yes. got some great stuff to be talking about. Season two, episode 22, but we didn't film 22. this on 222 of uh, 2022. <laughs> but you know, it's all the twos in here. Uh, this guy that we're about to add, about to interview was a is a two, a three, can play the four a little bit. But he ain't like being a four. I remember that. Don't put me at the four. Put me at the wing, right? Put me at the wing. Uh, this is my guy, man. We played together um, during our pro career in uh, Rochester in our, both of our years where we were building our way up. I was on one path in my life. He was on another. Um, and he has an incredible story, bro. Like, how to go... How do I go from D2 to being a pro? That's... Mm -hmm. You don't hear that. That you don't hear that often at all. Have you ever met any guys like that, Boog? That have gotten like that? A few, but it's rare. It's rare. Like to be able to do that, man, is is a testament to just your perseverance, your determination, your skill set, willingness to improve, and and you know, oftentimes, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why guys are overlooked, or all kinds of things like that. But this is, yeah, this is absolutely an amazing story. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, me too, bro. I'm excited to hear because just to give a little background, came from Colorado Christian, right? D2 school, played pretty well there. His first year out, went from D2 to playing in the Canada NBL, right? Mm -hmm. So he played for the Island Storm, uh, played for there, and then he w went back to the Island Storm. And when he gets on, he can, you know, he can edit this, but this is just what I'm going off of, what's, <laughs> what's out there for him. So Island Storm, and then that's the year, 2017-18, he played with me in Rochester, mm. right? That's a whole story. I'm excited to get into that because that was, that was <laughs> fun. Anybody out there that's trying to go to minor league route. And then that autumn, he tries out for the NBA G League, the Northern Arizona Suns. That was fun. Uh, Moncton Magic the next year, the next two years, he plays for the Moncton Magic in Canada again. Took up, hopped on the plane, took off, went over to Finland. Balled out over there. I was watching his highlights like, dang, he was, I, I'm not surprised, but I am like, like, go ahead, Wayne. Like, hey, like, I wasn't surprised because of how much he worked and I seen what he was capable of, but it was like he made a jump. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, he, something happened. Something switched. And then this year he's playing in top league Turkey. Um, Darasufaka. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but <laughs> that's the way. <laughs> how you say it, bro? Hey, bro, how you say it? Tell me how you say it. I sound like Mufasa off Lion King. I had to do it, bro. I thought it was Darasufaka, but I don't know. I don't know how you say it. Oh, Darasufaka. Okay, so we'll have to bring him on. But look, let's check this out. Let's check out this. This um this little highlights to give you some background of a little bit of, of Wayne and we can talk a little bit about it as we watch it because this right here <laughs> this right here <laughs> sound like cat <laughs> I ain't gonna go there. This right here is is Wayne and for him this is some mid season highlights we have of him. Hopefully it's gonna play here. Um but man the dude has been balling. Been balling, playing against top leagues in Europe or top top guys in Europe, playing against a lot of Euro League teams even, um, been, and just been holding his own really. So it's been very slow. So this is what we're gonna do right now. I'm gonna when we go back and edit this, we're gonna be talking with this video playing, and it's gonna be like, yeah, look at this, he's dunking this and shooting this. So that's what we're gonna make it seem like what's going on right now. So I just want you guys to keep that in mind, but. <laughs> this is his midseason highlights, though. And he was, you know, obviously you can kind of see his game. And we'll just kind of give a little backstory on his game. Wayne is one of the most skilled wings that I've ever played with. And I played with some pretty skilled wings. Wayne can shoot it. Wayne can defend. And Wayne's very bouncy. And he defends when he wants to defend. Right? He defends when he wants to defend. And that's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing with that, with me saying that. So the dude can go. The dude can go. Can y'all hear me? Am I good? Because it looks like I'm lagging a little bit on my end. No, I hear you. Okay, good, 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 good. So, without further ado, we want to go ahead and bring on the main man of the hour, the one and only. Can we get a drum roll, please? Hopefully this drum roll will work. <laughs> Yo. Wayne McCullough! Yo. Uh, <laughs> what's up y'all man i need to, i need to hop on here every night and just get this hype from y'all every every day <laughs> hey that's it that's that what we win. do <laughs> that's what we do man that's what we about that's what we all about bro how you doing man it's good to see you oh uh uh got the got the got the got the drum playing too much all right apologize apologize i'll be back how you doing bro i'm good man i'm good man uh you know just living life out here overseas and um excited to talk with y'all and you know we got some funny stories coming up for sure talking about the the, <laughs> the days in rochester and whatnot but yeah excited to, to be here with y'all yeah man i was telling i was telling boog about you and i was like hey bro hey, hey he can go he can go boog was like, oh yeah yeah boog was like ready to get his shoe I'm like hey man no nah, <laughs> this is how to be a pro <laughs> like you know hey look we we, we all helping we all we all working together you know what i mean <laughs> You know, we all working at I mean, you know, we all work community. community. Yeah. <laughs> Building the community. Yeah. That's why I got my warning. Now, <laughs> how's life been for you overseas, man? It's good, man. Uh, currently in Turkey, like you said, right now you pronounce it uh, Darshafaka. Or that was Sufaka. It was close. You were actually really close. Okay, okay. A lot closer than I was my first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but short version, you can say Dachka is how they say it, Dachka. But um, really, really nice here. You know, they do, they're a very professional team. 
Um, you know, you can hear some horror stories of Turkey and some other situations, but um, they've done a great job. The club's done a great job of making it very professional and living. I got my wife and my two kids here, and they love Let's it. So, Cammy, shout out to Cammy. What up, Cam? I met Cammy maybe <laughs> once or twice. Man, y'all been rolling together for a while. Now, how long have y'all, y'all been together? Oh, man. She's sitting on the other side of the camera over here. Uh, Ten years, I think. <laughs> Ten, ten years, something like that. We've been married five, that's dated good. four. Coming up on ten years. Coming up on ten years. Nice. Wow. Yeah, hey, that's 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 the real definition of for life, right there. That's, that's right. The real definition. Locked right. in. I love Locked it. in. I, I love it. Hey, look, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna jump back from the beginning. I'm gonna ask questions. Book can ask questions. We just play off of each other, but I want to know the nitty gritty. I want to know what happened because me and you linked up super well my first year in Rochester because one because of what we believed in you know what I mean we was able to connect on the level when we was able to talk about God and our faith and what we have faith in but two because we both like to work I remember one week bro for me personally I ain't gonna talk this much about me but I'm gonna make it about Wayne bro I remember us having a week when we worked out me him and Matt and then he came with us too uh, what's Matt's last name? Wayne Hart. Uh, Matt Hart. Matt yeah, Hart. Matt Hart. He, he's still working out to this day. Just check it. He's still doing all the workout. This dude worked out nonstop. But we worked out two a days in the middle of the season because we had a week break and we took like a major jump. And I just we just had a lot of moments together, right? Yeah. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. Um, I still do man, some of them workouts. You still do? Yeah. Some of them I still some of them I still mm-hmm. take with me. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. That's I mean, shoot. If I was still playing, I'd still be doing it too. But now yeah. I'm just doing this side of things. <laughs> the workout days for Next me is, is looking good. That's it. All right. So uh, the, the biggest thing I wanted to talk to you about, coming out of Colorado Christian, what was it like coming out of high school for you, bro, going to Colorado Christian? Why Colorado Christian? And then what was your college career like, Sunrise? Yeah, um, take me down memory lane, I guess, man. So coming out of high school, I backtrack a little more. I played three sports basically my whole life, basketball, baseball, football. And then um, coming into my high school, it was baseball was probably my most serious. And then basketball and then football, I quit my junior year. I broke my hand, so I quit after that. Good job. Um, Good job. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so my junior year actually I started kind of being tired of baseball I'd played it since I was like five years old I wanted to play in college thought that was the route I was going I knew I was going to play sports because I was terrible at school but I loved you know playing some type of sports something and I grew up that way I was always outdoors or whatever but um so I decided to kind of stay away from baseball I still played but I really focused on basketball probably by my junior senior year I grew six inches so i went from like five to five eleven to like you know six two six three somewhere in there i was still skinny as can be but yeah. i had some height to me and i was a i was a guard um uh, so i actually ended you up hear that though right he said i was a guard i was a guard <laughs> that's gonna be key PG, that's gonna you know be key <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah so i grew six inches five inches whatever and i actually ended up emailing a thousand coaches, literally a thousand coaches Whoa. of my highlight tape from my senior year, junior, senior year mix. 
and um, went to some exposure camps, had no offers through senior year, nothing. This was all like summer of senior year, after senior year. Emailed these coaches, went to a couple exposure camps, and I got one response back from CCU, Colorado Christian, and they ended up having a JV team, basically, a development team. And they're like, we can give you $2,000 per semester, and you can basically come here and try to make our varsity team. And I was like, okay, the only offer I had was a D3 from an exposure camp that I went to, ETBU, East Texas Baptist. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know what? My mom didn't want me to go to Colorado. She was keeping me home kind of thing. But Houston's um, home for you, right? Right, yeah, yeah, Houston, Houston, Northwest Houston. Um, So I ended up just saying it's the best offer I had. Go there, see what happens, try to make, you know, the varsity team played D2, and um, I, I had the back of my mind I was going to go basically D2 and then transfer to A&M. That's what I want to do. I want to go be an Aggie. Okay. That's where my family went, friends went there, whatnot. So, anyways, mm-hmm. that's how that whole thing went. I don't know if you want to keep going into the college days. but Well, you, well how about the college? What The question I have is they gave you two grand, and it's not about the money, but I want to get the context of what you were really dealing with Two grand compared to how much is it overall, especially at the yeah. these, you know. Um, it was a it was a private a private school, yes. private university. So it was a little more, and um, I think I got some academic scholarships as well. Okay. Um, so I think I was like five five grand a semester, nothing too crazy. And okay. I was fortunate enough; my family could afford it. But I think it was like thirty. Two thousand mm. for the year, mm. thirty thirty so, something thousand for the year. No, so this is real because I want to put into context so many other players that's out there. I bring that up because that's a huge leap of faith, bro. Like that's a really yeah, trusting yeah. in your like trusting in. All right, I can go out here and I can do this. Like, I think it was. For, I, mean? I think it was for me. Like again, I'm gonna be brutally honest because if I, somebody come from my situation, here's this. I want them to learn from it. I think it was just being naive. I didn't know any better. Mm, and I think it was good. just, I think it was just my parents or the way I grew up, you know, I'd never really felt failure. And this is a big part of my story as well. Is like, I didn't know any better. Like I'm going to go there. Of course I'm going to make the team. Of course I'm going to get a scholarship later in the year or the next year, the next it. year, whatever. Yeah. And so I was like, why not? And I've always been a, just think of it, do it. Don't put any thought into it kind of guy. So mm. I think it could have been more being naive. I love it. No, that's perfect, bro. Don't eat from the tree of good and evil. You ain't ever experienced no evil. I love it. You ain't no. ever experienced what it's like when the others. And that's why I met Wayne when I first met him. We, I remember I walk into the gym. We shooting. And I look at Wayne. I'm like, well, what's up, man? How you doing? I walk in. I don't know if you remember this. I was like, good to see you. And uh, there was a guy that was uh, Josh. Josh was there from Iowa. So I'm talking oh, to him. Me. I'm saying, what's up, Josh? <laughs> I'm talking to Matt. And I'm seeing you. And I'm just talking to you, and you just had like this confidence about you that I you wouldn't have think that you came from a D two school. Pretty put pretty much put it that way. And you know what I mean by that? This isn't to knock guys from lower schools or this. It's just you carried yourself like you were a star the way you knew it, no matter what. I don't care if you mm-hmm. believe this, and you, and it's it's cool to hear you say about this naiveness because. Two things. You was willing to knock on every door, a thousand coaches. That's yeah. I'm gonna get my rights. Hey, open the door up. You go, somebody gonna get me. <laughs> yeah, you know look at that. Crazy, Dude, like 
That's just being able to just yeah, bro, just putting yourself out there. That's that's key, book. That's that's key. No, it is. That's I mean a thousand, like literally a thousand. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? People but it's good fighting, though. Like, look, look what it's schools. No, it's crazy in a good way, like because that's yeah. what you see. It's like, like you said, it's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Somebody gonna see me because I'm I'm valuable and I'm worthy of this. But yeah. um. Yeah. That's like, you know how many people would, would have emailed five schools and a week later be like, man, nobody responded. You know what? Maybe I'm just I'm just going to McDonald's and I'm just go. You know, that's most people. So, but but my my question uh, for you, Wayne, is how how was that? And I don't want to stay too much on the college because it is how to be a pro. So we're going to get to the pro. But how was that transition um, from high school to college? Like, I know for me, coming into to college, I kind of had the same, very similar, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to go. I can go wherever I want because I'm going to play. That's kind of what I thought. I was like, no matter where I go, I'm going to play. It didn't really matter what school I think. So going into college, though, realizing, like, just that experience and knowing the college game, it's like, oh, hold on. There is a learning curve here. I realized that coming in because I, I wasn't really a defender coming in. I learned to play defense once I got to college. But going in, I was like, I'm just going to outscore you. That was literally my philosophy. You have 30. I'm scoring 35. You have, you know, whatever. That was my philosophy. So how was that transition for you once you finally got there? Yeah, for me, it was, um, again, a learning curve, even though it was D2. I, I, and this has kind of been a theme in my career in college of the naiveness is I didn't know what to expect. I had no friends who played sports in college. I had no one in my circle, um, like, big time athletes. I had one, but he played football and, and whatnot, but I had really no, I didn't know what to expect. So, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So I went in there and I was just this six, three, one seventy smiley kid <laughs> looked like Justin Bieber and I was just gonna work hard. <laughs> That's all I knew. So for me, it was a, a slap in the face for sure with the athleticism. And then, you know, the college coach kind of really being on you, you know, the early mornings, yeah. all that stuff. And if anything, college taught me, it was it was the hard work that really goes into it, and it for me it really established um, the discipline and the routine, yeah. and you know, you know, doing the due diligence that you need to put in to to be successful in playing basketball. Mm -hmm. And and for me, um, this year I've experienced some unlovingness, but I just love the game so yeah. much. I didn't care, like I did not care. Mm -hmm. I would do whatever to shoot a basketball. Like I'd be in there for five hours to shoot a basketball. And I think that's part of big part of my story as well is mm. I'm just love being around basketball. I love shooting hoops. So mm. this dude do love, love playing basketball because <laughs> him and Matt, well, we would, you know, I gotta get, we got, I gotta talk to him. I ain't talked to Matt in a while, but man, them dudes, we, we'd go to the Y. We had a team car that sometimes broke down. We would find ways to get to the, to the gym. We just find ways to go to our – we didn't have our own gym. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about now is because now you're going into a pro, right, your first year out of college. You have a successful college career. I know what it's like reaching out to guys. I reached out to all GMs before in the G League, in the league, and, you know, reaching out to coaches and things like that. So I've, I've been through that. I understand that part. How was it coming out of college, though? Did you have any, like, offer, offers or opportunities? How did you get to Canada? Yeah, so um, coming out of my senior year, again, I didn't know anybody who played professional basketball. I had one teammate who went to Germany, I think Pro B, 
the year before and I reached out to his agent. He was like, I can't really do nothing for you. And that was the only connection I had. So at that point I was talking to my coach. Um, I didn't even know if I wanted to play. I was like, okay, what's the situation? I had a solid career D2 wasn't really like successful team wise, but individually I was successful. And, um, I, I don't remember exactly how we met, maybe through church or a, another way through parents or something. But uh, a guy who is still a mentor to me today is named Steve Chengang, played at Vanderbilt. Somehow I got in contact with Steve and um, he he put me in contact with the coaching coach, Joe Salerno. Okay. And um, Joe happened to be flying to Houston for – a combine wow. for, for, Houston, or for Canada. And along the way, he talks to Steve who had played for him and was like, yo, Steve was like, yo, coach, I got this guy. You know, he doesn't have any offers or whatever. Like, would you come, you know, be interested to let him come play for you in the, in the combine? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm coming to Houston this next week. How about I come to a workout with him? He can come to his high school. So that's how I got my foot in the door with Canada. And, um, you know, a lot no. of people don't give Canada League a lot of respect, and you know, in Europe, especially and whatnot. There. There's a lot, a lot of good hoopers. A lot of good hoopers. Mm. Maybe not team-wise, it's not as good as Europe and stuff, but individually, there's a lot of talent. A lot of talent. Mm. A whole lot of talent. Because I remember us talking about it, and because um, I was asking you about how was your time in, in Canada at the time, and and now even more as they're building, they have a summer league even up there. Because I remember my first year coming out of Slovakia, uh, I played against some guys in Canada and they were trying to get me to play in their summer league with a lot of pros mm-hmm. would go up there and play. And they like pretty much, yeah. they'll play throughout the week and then they'll have like training and then they'll go play in their summer league. And it's like, they're really trying to build the league up. So Canada's definitely coming up um, big mm-hmm. time. Yeah, the, the summer league, uh, the CEBL is what it's called. It's, it's, they're doing it very well. It's different than the league I was in. Um, mm-hmm. and they're doing it very professionally. A lot of money's being put into the league and nationally televised games and all that. So, yeah, some of the, the CBL's doing very well. Boog, you know anything about Canada? Or is you know anything about, you know what I mean, from there? Um, so I did know a little bit about it because I, so I played uh, two years in the G League and one year I was in Mississauga. So mm-hmm. the team was in Canada and one of my teammates – a few of my teammates were Canadian. One of them is actually an assistant coach now for the 905, I think, or maybe he's like the skills trainer now, Ashton Smith. Shout out Ashton Smith if he's watching. Um, and he, he actually hit me up last summer asking me if I wanted to play in the Canadian League. So I was doing some research, but I, I hadn't really – I didn't know how it worked. I'd heard yeah. a couple of guys go up there because Olivier Hamlin, who played with me last year, yep. he's Canadian, and he yep. had talked about it before. Um so I had heard of it, but I just had never, like, done much research into it. So, But last summer I did, but my daughter was being born. So I didn't end up going. Um, but it did look like a good league. And I saw a lot of guys go play there, and then they end up going to Europe later. And just all kinds of stuff. So I was like, oh, there's actually – like, this looks legit. There's real players in here. So I'd actually be interested to hear more about that because I, I almost played uh, last summer. But no, nope. it's legit. If you if you want some more information, let me know. I can get you some more for sure. But no, it's summer league. It's like two three months and go back to Europe. Wayne's the Canada Connect people. The Canada Connect. Right? <laughs> Wayne. Like I've been up there a while. <laughs> like hey, but 
moving forward, because I know Sky's going to ask some questions, but I know after this, you go from the Island Storm in Canada, and then somehow you end up in Rochester, and that's when me and you meet, right? So what happened there? Yeah, so uh, first shout out. Uh, and real quick, too, short. before first we jump into that, I apologize, Wayne. Was it a shell shock from pro-life to where you came from, from Colorado Christian, too? Can you add that into what you're about to say? Yeah, so um, I think the biggest shock for me, and I'm sure a lot of guys say this, maybe not, but was the business side of basketball. Mm-hmm. Like college was have fun, play hard, work hard, and then you get to the pro and it's like, you can do whatever you want to do, but then perform. And yeah. I think that was that was the biggest thing. And again, so get back to how I got to Rochester is I get to Canada my first year. I get to training camp and I signed the contract. I'm thinking like Europe, you know, there's a couple of imports. You're on the roster for sure. OK, you can get cut, but you're on the roster for sure. I get there. We got 24 guys for a 12 man roster. And oh. I'm like, Dude. I'm like Clemson. I'm, I got Clemson. I got Alabama. I'm looking at these guys like, yo, what? I'm coming from CCU. Like, how am I supposed <laughs> to make this roster? And um, anyways, I remember the last cut was between me and this other guard from Butler. And um, I, I thought for sure that he was going to make the cut. And then I was going to get cut because I was like, this guy, wanted, he was with, you know, Gordon Hayward at Butler when they did, did the thing. And, um, mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, Laura Will and I made the roster. They ended up cutting the other guy and um, made it up there. Made it probably about halfway through the season. Ended up getting cut. Uh, first time experience and failure and the whole business side of things. And they were trying to make a playoff push and wanted to bring in some some of his guys and whatnot. Um, I was devastated, man. I, I didn't know what to mm-hmm. do. I never experienced that before. And that's yeah. part of that naiveness, right? So, yeah. Went through that and um, was very frustrated, was very angry, um, didn't really know what to do. My wife was honestly like my supporting hand there and kept me kept me up through all that. And um, second year around, I re-signed with them. They brought in a new coach, and that's why I ended up trying to re-sign with them. And um, got there, was playing well with limited minutes again, ended up getting cut again. And that's when I was going to quit. And, um, but I was just so caught up in how much work I had done. So I was like, you know, I got to stay with the guys. Yeah, I was done. I was like, I can't handle this. I can't handle the, Mm. you know, cuts. And I was playing well, I was playing well. I get cut again. I was playing like 12 minutes, averaging like nine, 10 points, shooting like 60% from three. I was like, what else do you want me to do with 12 minutes? Yeah, And they cut me. (laughs) And so, and, and I, the type of person. I'm emotional and I get anxious and all that stuff. So I was like, I, I can't deal with this. It's not for me. And my wife, you know, kind of talked me off the ledge and I ended up coming to Rochester. The old commissioner from Canada started the league. Yes. In America. Yes. Yeah. That's how that happened. He called me up as soon as he heard the news and was like, yo, I got a team in Rochester. They're the, they're the staple of the league. They do things right. And uh, I was like, man, you know what? Might as well. Let's do it. And we get there, and it's crazy time of life. <laughs> That's not to you. <laughs> That's not to you. That's not to you. 
That's not to you. I know. <laughs> well, look, I, I want to say this, though. I want to say this, though, because I want to say this, and let me stop this laughing on that, but I want to say what Wayne just said that's so key and so important that a lot of guys, that's 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 what we're about on this platform is helping guys understand how to be a pro, especially guys as high school, college, going into the league. Uh, pros are already pros, so a lot of them are open, but this is why we're we're so big here on having a covering, right? Not just having a covering just physically, but having a spiritual covering because there's so many things that you can't determine and you can't control that come with the politics of the game. Like, even yourself or how you even got there, there's nothing you could have did, bro, to set up getting to the tryout and all that. All you did was just... You probably had a thought. You probably went off of what you knew or what you need to do. It was just like you just went and did it, right? And then once you get hit with this, this is what the thing I I, I want to talk to Wayne about that he's that he that he I got a chance to see his purity still was Wayne didn't change when he got hit with stuff that was real. And a lot of times, what happens is guys get hit with like a, a door or some type of failure and they become hardened. Their hearts become hardened. And they no longer, and they walk around, and be, they put on an avatar, not because they want to, you know, change, but I got to protect myself out here. You know, we just yeah. seen the Tyrese Halliburton guy to just get traded from Sacramento, and it's like, yeah. this stuff yeah, is real. That. You know I what I mean? That. This stuff is real. And like, this is why we're so big on understanding who you are, who God is and yeah. how to actually combine those two so that no matter what the situation is, you're not just able to get through, but you can thrive. And that's what I wanted to just say real quick, because as a pro, there's going to be ebbs and flows, but we don't have to actually experience those ebbs and flows to the extent like that. If you can actually be in alignment, the correct way. And I just want to say that because he just articulated that beautifully, but go ahead. No, he did, and and I'm so I'm so thankful and grateful for you sharing that journey, um, because so many guys can relate to that, and I myself can relate to that. As you were telling your story, I was like, man, I've been right, I've been right there, and it's so it's so crazy. I felt the same emotion. So I, I wanted to, if you could touch on 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 the first time you got cut, because for me. It was very similar. I've talked with TJX, uh, you know, about this. This was this happened to me when I was in Israel. First time getting cut. And, and for me, growing up, failure was like my biggest fear. So I prepare, 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 because I was mm. so afraid to fail. I was like, I can't fail. I have, as long as I'm prepared, I'm extremely confident. If I'm unprepared, I'll probably fail. So I would always try to prepare so much. Um, but a couple, I think maybe two seasons ago, I ended up getting released from, from Haifa. And um, I was playing well. It was very, you know, I was. There was no reason for, in my mind, or even statistically, like, to let me go. But they they wanted to go a different direction, brought in somebody else, and uh, I was livid. I'm talking about I was livid. So, can you kind of go into how you were able to move forward through through that? Because that's for me. That was like, you know, I'd never experienced that before, and it was a very tough time in that moment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, most guys, I say most, hopefully you don't, but a lot of guys professionally experience that, unfortunately, in the business side. But I remember the day 
almost like it was yesterday. And I remember the meeting almost like it was yesterday and the emotions because honestly, I still struggle with, um, I call it the PTSD of it. And, you know, even like in years past, I think maybe when I was in Finland, it was the only year that I felt very comfortable. But mm. why is that? Why is that? Uh, I think it's, again, I've told you, like, I'm going to, uh, I guess, emotional or I don't know the right word, but my coach literally came up to me and said, you are here for the season. We're not making any changes. Ball out. And I was like, mm. I'm good. Say less. Like, I get his blessing from him. And, I was like, yeah. and, and that's where I had, you know, a really good year statistically and whatnot and as a team. But to go back to your question was, when I had the meeting, he told me that um, I had got hurt. I rolled my ankle pretty bad. I wasn't having a crazy good season. I, I was struggling with confidence and stuff and uh, shooting-wise. I was supposed to be a shooter, and I wasn't shooting well and whatnot. Um, and when he told me that, I just started, like, crying. Like, I couldn't hold back the tears. I was like, man, what am I going to do? I'm not built for this. You know, I feel like God's led me so far this way, so far now. Why now am I do, going through this? Like, why is this yeah. door being shut? Um, I was so mad at the coach. I didn't want to talk about him. I didn't even want to talk about him. Like, to my wife, I stopped calling my, my coach coach. I stopped calling yes. my coach coach. I called him by his first name. I said, hey, my coach. I called him by his first name. Exactly, bro. Like, that's how it was. And it, and it took me, funny, funny story, you know, how God works, like, I actually ended up playing for him two or three years later when I went back to Moncton Magic. He was my head coach there. Oh, and we wow. had like we 30, 45 hour long conversation on the phone of how mad I was at him and how I've forgiven him and that we're going to move past wow. this. And he, obviously wow. to him, he'd been through the business and it wasn't like a big deal to him. But for me, yeah. like I still obviously had a lot of feelings towards it. So um, yeah, I was very angry. Went back home and didn't know what to do. And the only thing I knew what to do was to work. So I went right back to the gym two, two, three times a day and just started working out and see what would happen. <laughs> see, that's what Wayne do, though. That's what Wayne do. His diligence is on another level. And, and, and it's so that. real because, yeah, hey, it's so real because on a few episodes, we're going to have, um, actually, on our next episode, we're going to have um, a very, very special guest. I'm going I'm to leave it at that. And, uh, <laughs> The guest is, I'm not even going to say he or she, but you can understand what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm about to say, you to say that. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about, she is a, uh, she's a spiritual therapist. And her whole idea of doing this, even though I just said she, I'm giving plug to it now. The whole point of the show is to, the whole point of the show is to talk about what Wayne just talked about. It's the yeah. traumas that we actually experience as pros. People don't understand the traumas that you literally go through on a day-to-day, year-to-year basis. And that if you don't take the time to actually dip, like you'd be surprised how many dudes dealt with what Wayne just dealt with, but still don't have grudges with their coaches. You know what I mean? Still have grudges with their coaches, still can't be able to talk to them, still like hold that. And what that does is, is it create cancers within you. And it leads to injuries, it leads to other doors that shut, it leads to so many other things. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is so important is because 
Wayne says something that so many players deal with. He said, man, my coach gave me the green light. And a lot of times we look for that, right? That's That was a confirmation for him. Hey, bro, God's blessed this situation. Go ahead and go forward. But then as we start getting higher and higher things and higher leagues and higher situations, higher circumstances, a lot of times we may not get that 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 you maturity. Yeah. You have to become that yourself. So it's a battle. To that. It's a battle to really go every single day and know wherever my feet trash shall be mine. Like you know what I mean? It's already been given to me. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm, this is why we focus so much on. Hey, this is what you're really here for. The hoop is extra. The hoop is go ahead mm-hmm. and have fun. But yeah. God sends every person to a certain situation for a certain purpose. If you just can focus on that, your confidence and your calmness can be at a whole nother level. Boog understands this because we've been going through this now, you know, for the last mm-hmm. few years. But I had to really learn this too. And that's why I asked that question to you because I didn't get to the comfort level until I got to Sweden. And that was my yeah. last year of playing. I didn't get that comfort level at all. And knowing what I knew, mm-hmm. I still didn't get there. And me and you know how I was in Rochester, but we had about 20 different teammates. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, That's, yeah. hey, but you remember? Hey, but you remember? You remember how he's – I heard this. I don't know if you remember this. Coach said there was only three guys that was untouchable. He said it was Matt, and he gave his reasons for that. Yeah. But then he said it was that. me and you. Out of everybody else, it was know, just man. me and you. He said mm. it was only Wayne and just you. Or Wayne and talking about you as in me. Me, you, no, you mean not. Who's you? But the hope was at that time, God was I was there like on a redemption type of plan. God was showing me like I'm he was showing me like though a thousand men fall at your left side, ten thousand at your right. Like no evil shall come now. Like he was showing me this stuff. Literally, I didn't know, bro. I was, I was over there taking off new moons. I was doing everything back to him. And it was like, yo, what's Trey on? What he believe? Everything, uh, hey, bro. I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> hey, but look, it worked though. Everything worked at the. That was where I was at at the time. Right, Wayne right, came to right. me That's asking important. me stuff. That's important. At, Wayne came to me asking stuff. Hey, bro, I don't know, bro. Just go fast, bro. I don't know. Fast. <laughs> I was just saying <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and, and when I'm That's saying the whole, That's yeah, the whole point of me saying this is like it really don't matter where you're at if you're genuinely, and I'm not exampling on myself. I'm just saying just like even Wayne's journey, like, if you genuinely seek after God with all your heart, with all your desire, like God will be found and you will be comforted in the moments you don't know what to do. But I can't sit here and be like, you need to do this, this, this. No, we got a whole system. We got everything set up as far as the, the, the basics, the foundational stuff, but everybody's situation different. But there are foundational things you can do. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you, Wayne, going to the next thing, because I'm done with my little rant now. Moncton Magic. Y'all win the championship there, right? Yeah, with that same coach. Whoa, oh, how was that? Look at that. Is that a rewrite? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, man, that, that's been one of the most 
has to be one of the most fun years of me playing basketball of my life. Mm. Why? We, um, I don't know, man. You know, I look back on that year and I learned so much. Um, but I think a big reason we had, you know, we had knuckleheads for sure. But obviously the team chemistry, you know, when you win a championship and people was hating, say it was in Canada or whatever, but I believe you win a championship anywhere, you're doing something right. right yes. So, yes. Um, so the team chemistry was awesome. The relationships we had, you know, I still talk to a lot of those guys today. And, um, you know, basketball-wise, I think everyone accepted their roles. They might not have been happy with it. I wasn't happy with it always. But, you know, we had our roles, and uh, we did very well at our roles. And, um, you know, there was still some stress. Like, you know, that coach, he, he liked to bring in some new guys at times and whatnot. But I think the core group of guys stuck together and, uh, you know, really learned how to play off each other very well and, you know, I ended, ended up having fun. And I, honestly, if you go back and watch the film, I got clips on my phone still of, like, us just joking around in the locker room, you know, being mm-hmm. being friends and being humans with each other. To me, that's that's yeah. who I am more than a basketball player, right? We're humans. Mm-hmm. So that was huge for us. And, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun year. And we actually – I'm skipping forward on you, but the next year we brought seven of those guys back. And wow. we were – That's we how were, you know it's a good group. Man, it was a gr- great group. We brought seven other guys back, and we were like, "This is a year COVID hit." I think we were like nineteen and two. Nineteen yeah, I was rolling, yeah. killing people by like 40, 50. Mm, wow! <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was a fun year too. So and then COVID hit, and we we're like, "This ain't gonna happen." And COVID hit, and you know, oh wow, we're, both, we're all sitting at home, right? <laughs> That's so crazy. Though. I. I, I What's, what's so interesting to me is looking at that whole situation where the same coach who did who cuts you is now your coach now, and it's the most fun season that you yeah. said you've had in your pro <laughs> career. Like, that, that's, a, that's amazing. That's incredible. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, not to get too off topic here, but because I'm a father too. Uh, I'm a dad. I got uh, a son. He's two, and my daughter is six months. And so I've been on both sides where I've been over here by myself and now I got a whole family with me. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between um, playing before that and then, and then obviously being, having a family with you? Like what, what's some of the, yeah. So uh, I'll kind of start at the beginning. I've always had, so I got married, we got married uh, when I was my first year pro. Um, going to Canada. So I've always had my wife with me for the most part. When I was in Rochester for those three, four months, whatever it was, I didn't have her with me. But Canada, the couple years, and then after Rochester, Canada, a couple years, um, I always had my wife with me. And then I'm the same with you. I have a two-year-old and my daughter, I have a two-year-old son and my daughter just turned five months. Oh, so very, look very at similar that. ages. Oh, yeah, what, very September? Similar ages. Um, uh, testing. Me. Yeah, September. <laughs> give it up for the children. Let's give it up for the children. Why? Gotta give it up. Gotta give it up for them. We're gonna have to go to Turkey there. Yeah, I gotta be. Come on, man. No bet. Come on, we always telling people to come out here. Forgive me for that. I don't know why this thing keeps doing it. I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying to get better, guys, but. I messed up the intimate <laughs> moment, but keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, 
So for me, I always had somebody with me. And I was like, like I said, after that second year being cut, my wife was kind of the one who kept me going. But um, when it really got real was out here in Turkey this year, um, I went home to have the baby and I decided to leave. So I didn't really know what to expect with that. And like we were in Rochester um, without her, but we didn't have any kids yet. So, you know, it's kind of just like, you know, FaceTime and she came and visit and easy travel um, Mm -hmm. and things like that. So um, when I came to Turkey without them, um, obviously it was hard and leaving them and my son was very hard as well. But Mm -hmm. I'd went through, this is kind of getting into a depth too, like about this year, a lot of people don't probably know, but this year I struggled with like um, depression for the first time. That stuff. So to kind of get into nitty gritty with that is um, without them, you know, being able to take my mind off basketball and focus on the mm. kid, and, you know, with the family. I was just at home all day on the couch watching Netflix, thinking about, man, I had that turnover, or man, I yeah. missed that shot, or I can't make a shot mm-hmm. this week, or you know, whatever it might be. So, um, family's really, really big for me, off the court and on the court. And um, beginning of this year, I had a lot of struggles on the court and off the court. And um, now that they're here, and not that I don't care as much about on the court, but I just my life, my well-being and spiritually, physically, mentally, I'm in a lot better place because of that. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely big for me. A lot of guys can do that and play, you know, their families back home, wives working or kids go to school, whatever it might be. A lot of guys do that. Not so. You. But not me. I can't do it. Can't yeah, do it. I think I'm pretty similar. I, <laughs> my wife came a few months later, and it was yeah. Uh, I agree. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Like watching your children through Facetimes. So I'm like, man, this is terrible. Like I can't. It was bad. Can't touch them. Hold on. Yeah. I'm like, does he no, even know? Does he even remember me? So with your son, your sons, you have two sons or a son and a daughter? Wayne. Son and a daughter, two-year-old son and five-month daughter. So your daughter was born in the States while you... Yeah, so that was a big thing for Whoa. us signing here, too. We knew due date would come into play with the season. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of long talks, a lot of prayer, a lot of hard talks about what we're going to do. And um, we didn't know anything about Turkey. I actually had a very different mental picture of what Turkey was going to be before I got out here. But um, ended up deciding that she would stay home and then I'd fly back for the birth. But they didn't really give me a time frame of how long I could go home for. So that was a big topic of discussion as well. But uh, my coaches, love my coaching staff out here. They're super, super great and understanding family people. And they let me go home longer than I expected. I thought I'd get like two days. They let me go home for like a week. So that was nice. Yeah, that was nice. And so I got to see them. And obviously it was hard again leaving and um, yeah. coming back out here. But, yeah, so they stayed home and came out two months ago. So if you don't mind me asking, you know, again, this is this is at your discretion, but this is like a – this is a real topic. And I want to touch on this because I appreciate your transparency and being able to talk about – like people don't understand when you're playing, it's just you overseas. Like, right, you go to practice, get some food, you come back home. There ain't really nothing else to do unless you that type of dude that, you know, go into getting into stuff. 
And it's tough to do that over there because it's like every city you're in, you're like in a small college town where they know you. So you can't go nowhere without people knowing, oh, you play for the main team here. And, hey, I seen your boy out tonight or I seen him this, you know what I mean? So there's not too many guys that can get away with that stuff or or unless you start to build a reputation. And obviously here we don't recommend that, but there's other outlets that what are you going to do? And so, Wayne, I appreciate the transparency in that. In your decision – when you were going through that decision, what was the main factor that pushed you to be like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over here, and Cammy, you can stay back, and, you know, we'll be good. And we'll yeah, be back so, up this time. Um, yeah, like I said, it was a lot of hard talks. But, honestly, the biggest decision for me um, was, one, first and foremost – was the money, the money jump that I was making. And then mm-hmm. two, the career jump. Um, Cause I went from Finland, which very low budget league, mm-hmm. um, but a very, and you yep. know, I didn't know a ton about Europe, but I knew that. And my agent mm-hmm. at the time was, you know, telling me it could be a good leapfrog league and whatnot. Uh, but I didn't know, you know, what could come of it. So um, making that big jump, the money and then, yeah, the, the league jump because I'm also in, in Basketball Champions League. So I, I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone had even made a jump from Finland to top league Turkey in Basketball Champions League. I ain't never seen it. I was looking at that. I was like, he came from Finland? I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe unheard of. Like, literally maybe yeah, never. Huge blessing. Huge blessing. So, yeah, that was that, honestly, for me, basketball-wise, it's a no-brainer, right? You know, yeah. you can talk to anybody. No, nobody made that jump. But – uh, Family-wise, yeah, that was that was a tough topic, and that, I almost ended up declining it. And we talked about just wait till Finley was born, my daughter was born, to even sign again. So um, money's great and everything, and we got you know try to support my family, but yeah, family's that important and, and whatnot. So yeah, what did Cammy? How what did she say throughout this process? Was she kind of like, hey, I'm not really feeling it, or was she kind of like, go ahead? How was that situation? Uh, yeah, so those is real because it get real. Gotta, this is stuff people don't talk about, but hey, you got it. Are, it like, dudes that's knowing this, and me and Scott talk about this a lot. Like, these is yeah. conversations as men, you got to be able to have with your significant other, you know what right. I mean, as you're going throughout this right. journey, right? So, yeah, we'll get into it. I'm sure she can give me the blessing to talk about it more, but. She and if not, don't get in trouble here. Don't get in trouble. Okay, all right. Her and I are very different in um, decision making. She's very patient and um, calm, and let's think this out. Let's talk talk through it. And I'm like, I saw the price tag. I saw the league. I saw the situation. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta sign. I'm out. And, um, you know, she, she brings me back down to earth. So, um, at first with her, it was like, there's no way we're not leaving. We talked about you potentially staying here till, you know, our daughter's born. And, um, we kind of decided if, if it comes to it, we'll pick family over basketball right now. And, um, so we kind of had a, a, a game plan in our mind, but, you know, when this opportunity came up, uh, it kind of like shuffled everything around. So, it was 
um, I think I had like a week or two weeks when my agent told me, yo, you're a top two pick for them. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. no way like they're going to go with somebody else. I'm like, there's no way. And at the time I was talking to some teams in Belgium and Germany. And, um, I thought that's my, where I probably end up somewhere in there. And, um, so we're like, all right, we'll just wait and see. Cause she doesn't really like playing hypotheticals. She's like, we'll wait and see till we have an offer. We have paper in front of us that we can sign. Mm-hmm. Well, in my mind, I'm like, yo, we got paper in front of us. They, they want the paper back like ASAP. They go with the other guy. Yeah. So, Cause I've had that happen before too. So I, it kind of, you know, gave me a little anxiety yeah. about it, but, um, we ended up talking about it more and more seriously. And, you know, at first it starts with a lot of hard conversations. Like, I can't believe you'd want to leave. Um, and me being like, but I'm just trying to provide for us. This is also great mm-hmm. for our career. You know, you want to be a stay at home mother. Cause, um, this is something that a lot of guys don't, or I guess I saw somebody shared on social media of how his wife supported him early in his career. Well, my wife mm-hmm. fully financially supported us for the first five years of my Maybe career. was rolling. Mm-hmm. I seen her and yeah. I talked to her when she came to Rochester. Her parents came, you know what I mean? I don't know the details, but I'm talking about as far as support. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, no, no. Part. She was, she was, she was, I mean, I made a little money in Canada and a little, very little money in Finland and whatnot, but she was the financial reasons for behind us. So um, she wanted to quit and focus on being a stay-at-home mom. She's got a side business and whatnot, mm-hmm. but um, so I was like, this is our opportunity. We've prayed for this. We've prayed a lot about this. We've prayed a lot about, you know, being able to take this next step. And so um, I think the more we talked about that and prayed about it more and making this decision, we're both at peace. She actually told me um, she was more at peace of me coming to Turkey than when I when we went to Finland as a family together, which was wow. you know, very, very encouraging to me. Yeah, yeah, so that was, I think, the kind of final step for us to make the decision and, um, you know, make the jump. Whoa. That's Man. deep. Yeah. Deep. No, that's, I mean, this is, this is, this is great. Like, I really, truly appreciate you, uh, you know, being so transparent. Because like T-Dex said, this is like a lot of hoopers doing this. And not even a lot of hoopers, just a lot of people in general. They got maybe I'm working in New York and I have a business offer in California. Are we going to move? All types of people deal with this stuff. But I, in my personal opinion, I feel like this isn't talked about enough. So everybody, mm-hmm. I feel like most people think like, I'm the only person dealing with this. It's like, no, right. we all and are. They think dudes in the league don't deal it. with this too. The dudes in the league oh, deal yeah. with the same thing. I don't care what level yeah. you at. That little, that little million, $2 million check that you get. A lot of, a lot of people don't understand. Keep going, but but a lot of dudes in the league is really not millionaires. Yeah. You see the tag yeah. on there, but a lot of them are not millionaires. Taxes. A lot of them, and they don't have it. That. They don't have it like that. And a lot of dudes don't have a management. So they're making a lot of decisions. You'd be surprised how many players in the league live in check by check. But go ahead, bro. Uh, yeah. So I actually bro. heard a study. Yeah, CJ, CJ McCollum podcast, they talk about that. A lot of them. The check by check. Check by check. Yeah. yeah, I've heard Shaq talk about that before. <laughs> he was talking about how they, yeah, they just, they, well, your mind is like, oh, I'm making 20 million next year, so I'll just, you know, spend 30 million this year and I'll get the yeah, 20 million. Like, coming next you month. Yep. You, know, you look up Sorry. and you're like, wait a minute, I'm 10 years in? Oh, <laughs> I'm not and, on another and, job. 
and book this is and i want you to go forward what you were saying but this is why i'm so big on guys and igi we're so big on guys learning how to actually use the platform so i cannot i can actually keep this part free but a lot of us haven't been taught financial literacy and not just financial literacy but heavenly financial literacy it's a difference so it's not our fault the fault comes because a lot of these owners of these teams and they they know this hey i'm gonna put this pressure on you because i know you ain't got nothing else besides this i know you ain't got nothing yes. else besides this so i'm gonna put this out here and i'm gonna i'm gonna compulse you and unless you have a faith or like the higher confidence and plans and like the unseen which a lot of dudes don't and it's not bad it's just that takes a lot bro to be able to know what's going to happen yeah. before it happens you know what i mean so mm -hmm. we're going to use that that's why i'm so big on helping guys understand that they are a business and if you can actually use your finances use your actual platform correctly the right way now i can make decisions and i can have multiple streams of income coming in now I don't got to worry about, you know what I mean, making these decisions. But that's hard, bro, if you don't know. Like, I can't. That's why I respect dudes that, you know what I mean, do that because they don't. It's not like they trying to do this. They don't want to do this. This is like, don't get it twisted. Dudes is just not wanting to do this. It's, I don't know no other way right now. Yeah. So this is the way I'm going to go. And I've been mm -hmm. there thousands of times it's <laughs> not even more go ahead but no that's real though that's real though like again like you know we talked about this on the podcast i was dealing with this this past summer just learning like understanding your value and 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 understanding the goal and the plan all that for, for what you want to do and knowing that we actually have the power the team like there is no team without the player but a lot of times you know kind of like what you just said it's like Man, they're telling me I'm. It's between me and this other guy, and it's like, but what if they sign the other guy? It's like you got to be okay with 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 that, unless obviously if, if you're whatever your situation is, you may be like, no, I think we do need to go here or whatever the situation. Yeah. Is. Like you said in your case, you guys talked about it, and you're like, no, this mm -hmm. is the right decision. But oh, uh, but in uh, many uh, cases, uh, uh. <laughs> I fell down there. Let's see if I can get myself back up. In many cases, um, you know, we're, we're pressured or we feel pressured to go into certain situations. I'm kind of. Nah, it's real, bro. A lot of, a lot of that pressure is real. And then that, they don't understand how much that influences the court. How much that Man. pressure influences the court. Go ahead, Wayne. Yes. That, that for me, that for me. I think is probably one of my biggest weaknesses. And, and we you kind of hit on different topics with it too, is like, oh, okay, like, is coach, how's coach feeling about me today? Like like I told you when in Finland, when my coach told me I got the green light, I had a great year. Because, mm -hmm. you know, for me, a lot of times my, you know, outward blessing from other people affects how I play and the inward mm -hmm. trust, you know, with God and stuff. I struggle with that a lot because I'm always one to people please. I'm always one to make my teammates happy, make others happy. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I might pass up on a shot I should take because, you know, Makai in the corner's open, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, that pressure of being a good teammate, being a good player, all that things, all those things together can definitely affect how you play on the Absolutely. court. Absolutely. Once you find that balance, 
find that happy place, you know, that higher level. I, I don't know what you want to call it. It's it's a game changer as a player. And you see guys like, you know, to name like the greats, LeBron and those guys, they, they look carefree out there because they don't care about nothing yeah. else and just have – they know they're good. They know they, you know, so. And that's what we call – we try to get guys to experience – Heaven. We try to get guys to experience Eden. We try to get guys to experience Zion. We try to get guys to become temples of God. So where everywhere they go, they're in paradise and they're living in the promised land. People think it's just a natural spot. No, this stuff is within. If you can get to that yeah. stuff within, and we've all experienced hints of it. It's like this euphoria of like, I'm free. I know I'm good. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And that's the goal to be able to play at that level. So now when you're out there, you're shooting threes, not looking, and you're running back and you just shimmying because <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You see what I'm saying? But that's, a lot of go ahead. and a lot of a lot of people, and I'm not hating on them because I read them myself, but a lot of people, you know, sports psychologists and all that, which are great because I, I, again, I've used them and I've read books by them but you know try to get these self-help mindset books and i am currently reading one but to me there's a that's surface level that's surface level mm-hmm. but once you know you protect it at a higher level it's a whole nother ball Nothing game and I, you know, yeah. that's it just balling like you said shimmying <laughs> down the court <laughs> balling doing the stuff doing it all this yeah exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, though, bud. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Uh... <laughs> and I know, and I know no, you got to go I mean, here, Wayne. Yeah, no, we I know did, you got to go I'm, here I'm too, good, soon, I'm, Wayne. Oh, it's twelve thirty. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm good. We got some time. We got some time. I'm all right. I got a little time. We'll get a couple yeah, more we'll questions in, and we'll, yeah, we'll finish okay. this out. Because Cammy probably over there giving you the side, like. <laughs> Are you ready? No, she like, you had in the bed. <laughs> okay, so, um, okay, so we were talking about. I'm not sure what we're talking about, but we'll transition here to. <laughs> so, I, my question earlier was kind of how, how you transitioned from high school to college. And so, we were just talking a little bit about, like, man, we haven't seen anybody really go Finland to the Champions League and Derisaka, like a big club like this. What, what were there any similarities in between, like how you saw the jump from high school to college or college to the pros, and then making this big jump from you know obviously it's basketball is basketball, but like we just talked about, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that comes behind that. How is that jump going from Finland to Champions League and Derisovka? Or I'm saying it wrong. I'm gonna say Dachka. <laughs> Dachka. Dachka. Uh, <laughs> how is that? How is that jump? What were some things that maybe stood out to you? Yeah. You so. Saying? Um, honestly, man, again, this might be my naiveness. I didn't think there was going to be much of a learning curve. Um, I thought I was going to come in and kind of, you know, do kind of what I did last year, help the team scoring wise, play defense, um, and all that stuff. So I kind of came in with like a, I wouldn't say cocky mindset, but a confident mindset. And, Mm -hmm. um, I definitely got slapped in the face. Definitely, you know, got a wake up call. Um, it was like, a again, a very similar high school to college jump of, you know, the, the biggest thing I think at first was the speed of the game mm. and the decision-making was still the same, you know, seeing different reads and cuts, but it's, you know, you have a split a second, half a second yeah. shorter. 
to make mm-hmm. those decisions. And then um, secondly, I would say is the IQ of the guys you're playing with and against, um, yes. you know, especially against like the, the, the Fenerbahce's and the FS, you know, you say you're top locking and you're not looking at the ball, you know, it's a, it's a dunk or a lob yeah. for sure. So stuff like yes. that I had never experienced. So um, skill wise, I knew I was good. Um, Decision making was again faster. Athletically, I thought I was. I knew I'd be good, and I, I would say I'm solid athletically wise. But the IQ and the tempo and the pace was was a step up for sure. So I definitely it, it was adjusting. I still am adjusting, and I'm still learning. And last year in Finland, we ran a lot of um, triangle. Actually, <laughs> a lot of triangle oh, really? was our main offense. Yeah. Um, so getting back into the pick and roll and making the right pick and roll reads and, um, you know, firing my shot and other guys' shots out of that was a little bit of adjusting as well. But it's been, it's been fun. It's been very cha- – this year has been full of, uh, full of challenges, not many rewards, but a lot of growth. Mm. And it's funny you say that because – The rewards are coming. Yeah, keep going, man. I ain't trying to hear all that. That's why we got the – that's why we got the uh, – that's why we – that's why I texted him this – and I'm going to put him on the spot right here. But I've always, before I called you big time, but I called him big time too. And he hit me early was like, stop calling me big time. No, you are big time, bro, because it, cause you, you had it on you. You got it. You was, you was chosen. You know what I mean? And my thing mm-hmm. for him is um, just asking you about the, the transition. How do you deal with overseas a game you start? You have, you have 20 points or so. In the next game, you might not even start and play. You know, Boog has dealt with this too. Like he just, you know, just mm-hmm. happened recently. You might not have no communication with the coach, but you still got to go out there and perform. You know what I mean? Yep. What, yeah. What do you? How do you deal with that? Man, honestly, I'm still trying to figure it out. To be honest with you, <laughs> at times, uh, at times, you know, you're on cloud nine, top of the hill, euphoria, and then. Um, yeah, for instance, like I had two games I started. I had a, a two guard that I start behind usually is was injured or had COVID. And we went to Spain and I started and had a really good game with 20 ball. And then the next game came back. I and saw I, that against Manresa. Yeah. And then next game I started again and had like 16 and whatever and had another solid game. And then I'm like, okay, we're coming into Turkish Cup. Like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to keep this rolling, keep this rolling. Next thing you know, I don't start. I'm like, what? Like, what's going on? And then I play, like, I, I forget what it was, Trey. We were talking about it, like, yeah. 12 minutes or something like that, 10 minutes. And I'm like, I don't understand, man. So, uh, for me, you know, I go back to just kind of getting back into the mindset of um, just – I think I get back to the basics of focusing on what you can control and controlling mm-hmm. what you can control and not allowing that to mess with your mental space. And that's what I really, really try to heavily focus on because like I said, I like to try to please people and I want to, you know, do well and all those things. So when I, that, those things come off, I'm like questioning, like is coach, was coach mad at mm-hmm. something I did earlier? Like, did he not like this mm-hmm. or things like that? So, I just go back to, I'm like, no, don't even go down that path. Um, cut that off and kind of just be like, control as you can control. And if you get five minutes, try to ball out those five minutes. And if not, then, you know, 
on to the next game, learn from it, on to the next game. And it's so real real quick because it's funny that you say all this, bro, because even back in Rochester, you dealt with this. I don't know if you remember this. When I first got there, you weren't really playing that much. Yeah. <laughs> Clay wasn't playing you that much. You know, uh, Clay was hilarious. I love that dude. And hilarious in a good way. But um, he, was a, he was a coach that I actually started to be able to talk to. And I remember when you started to come on, when I, you weren't playing at first. And then all of a sudden – you in the lineup. You in the starting lineup. You the main guy to go to. Like it. It was at that time to hear you still dealing with those things. Now it's cool to see. Like that. I know that's something you can look back on and be like, man, I've been through this before. Like, yeah, that's um, been a huge help too. Definitely like I know the help. cycle. I know what it is. I can recognize. Mm-hmm. You know what? What I think about in these situations, what I need to think about and what I need to view moving forward so I don't get caught in this never-ending cycle just staying here so I can keep moving forward and actually enjoy it. You know, at the end of the day, it's a, it really is a game. So we, right. we got a little seven or however many inch ball and a 10 inch, 10 inch rim or a 10 foot rim and However, circular conference, and I sometimes I just think I back and say, say that ball's like ten inches. Never <laughs> I know, ten I, inches. Ain't too many basketballs. Hey, man, hey, I know you took math in college, bro. But hey, man, you know I wasn't <laughs> math was not my strong suit. <laughs> but nah, the whole point of it, I sometimes I used to just look at the ball and be like, "Man, I'm stressing over all this." Like, <laughs> right? Like I'm just right. trying to go hoop. You know what I mean? So. But that's real. Book, you want to finish this out, man, with a closing question, closing statement, closing anything before we leave it out Ooh. to Wayne? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I guess I'm a – you threw it to me, and I'm a uh, hockey assistant to Wayne. And give, <laughs> if you want to – Okay, well, I got something there. Since you, I'm going to take it back then. Since you don't want to do it, you don't want to pat okay, – you don't want to say that. Throw the lob, throw the lob to TJ. Throw it. <laughs> Swing it all the way around the horn. Uh, you got it. <laughs> all right. If you could, if there's anything in your career, I always ask this to the guests. Knowing your younger self, what would you tell your younger self knowing where you're at right now? Oh, I actually do have one after this. It'll be quick. Okay, go ahead, go ahead then. You want me to answer that one? Yeah, because I yeah, keep yeah. seeing myself okay, doing okay. football now, I'm all glitched yeah, up. You're stuck like you guys this. scare me though. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that's a great question. Honestly, I think I would tell myself that's a great question. I feel like there's a couple of things, but. Um, yeah, I it can I be. If myself, it's a couple things, go ahead. Well, I think I well, first I tell myself it's, it's going to be all right. You, mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, because I catch myself at times. Like, I think we played Fenerbahce at the beginning of the year, and I remember last year watching Euroleague. Like, yo, that's Fenerbahce. Mm-hmm. I would love to play them. I can see myself playing them. You know, kind of the visualization mm-hmm. stuff. And then I'm playing them. And I'm like, yo, we're playing. I'm playing Fenerbahce. And, you know, Decolo, you know, Vesely, those guys. So I, I think I would tell myself, you know, hey. God, 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 God has a plan. God has a plan. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be surprised by it. Just stick with it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that's something that I think would have 
helped me helped me a little more as I was younger. And um, second thing would be, you know, stop worrying about everybody else, what they think. Stop worrying about trying to make the crowd happy. You know, just know that you're loved and, um, you know, God loves you and he has a plan and it, it, it's going to be okay, you know. So, yeah, some, something along those lines. Something That's along real. those lines. That's that is real. real. You can't see my face right now, but I'm smiling. But that's super <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to ask my question. Now, I feel like it's a good way to exit. I, my question was going to be, what's your best T-Jack story? Because I do like to laugh, ask the guests. Man. <laughs> man, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Let me see. Let me see. No, there's one. There's one. I remember one time we were in Rochester, and we're in this house. It's got mold. <laughs> you got no car. <laughs> Six, six seven dudes to a house, bro. Like, nah, bro, nah. We gotta get a backstory, bro. Six, seven dudes to the house. I'm in the middle of the house. I don't got no doors. Like, I got like the sliding doors. Shower curtain. I got like the shower curtain and sliding door. So, mind you, this that means that means. Hey, I'm gonna just say it like this. That means that there's cracks and the air can get through. So I'm going to just let you know, I had a candle on the whole time in my room <laughs> to be able to have my room set up. That's what we had, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. No, it's bad. It's bad. Oh, my God. In the God. basement. It's one guy old. in the basement. In the basement. Oh, man. Oh, he, oh. <laughs> he made it no, home, it though. He did his thing, though. He did his thing. He Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we stand in this house, and there's a couple couple firsts for me with uh, T Jacks that I I experienced. And the first was um, one morning I, I'm sleeping, and it's you know he getting up early like four or five in the morning, and I'm hearing this like trampoline noise, this trampoline <laughs> noise on the, on down below Everybody me. I'm like, yo, what's this? Somebody trying to break in this place? What is somebody jumping on a trampoline downstairs? I'm like going down there and I see him on the trampoline doing his conditioning and stuff like 5 a.m. I'm like, yo, Trey, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, just absolutely shocked me. And I just didn't know what to what to think. That was pretty funny. Yeah. That was pretty funny. And yeah, that was pretty funny. And then another time was we were in, we were in the kitchen and he was making your bread. I had never seen somebody like <laughs> go and make I'm glad you brought this one up. <laughs> what, was, what were you making? Special he was bread? making un- unleavened bread or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't see my face right now, but bro, I love so <laughs> Because, all right, so look, this is what happened. Yes, bro. Look, this is what happened, bro. At this time, you got to understand where I was at at this time. I was in a lot of debt. Hey, I was in a lot of debt, bro. I was in a lot of debt. And when I mean debt, I'm talking about personal debt. They ain't know, but I was going through it while I was there. I was in a, you know, a whole situation yeah. wasn't supposed to be in, relationship, all type stuff. So I'm doing whatever and whatever I know God said to do. God say, don't eat unleavened bread. Only eat unleavened. That's what I'm doing, bro. I'm taking yeah. it literal. Like, I'm yeah. trying to live. <laughs> and 
at the time, uh, obviously no one now Passover. I still follow Passover, of course, but like the unleavened bread is 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 more than just the actual food. There's there's higher food. There's food what you eat as far as what words you eat, what thoughts you think, all those things. Separating yourself, taking it. I still follow unleavened bread. Just I do it on. I don't do it during that week. I do it as a lifestyle now. It's like I don't. There's certain things I just. I just like I mentioned earlier. I don't eat from the tree of good and evil. And if I do, I try to. And what I mean by that is, those are certain things that God told us to do. So at this time, so every day at this time, bro. Right now, it, no, no, I don't. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. So at this time, hey, hey look, <laughs> hey, look. So I don't recommend this, but this is during the week that we worked out for like. Two days, bro. This is during the week. We going to work out, and I'm, I'm fasting at the time, not eating. Um, and again, I'm not trying to let them know because, like it's saying the word, like don't, if you don't let your fast be known, like don't be trying to do that. So I'm not. They just see me in the kitchen cooking, but I'm not telling them what I'm doing. They just ask, and I'm like, all right, it's we could pass over, bro. I'm just, you know. This one, they like, what's that bread? And that bread was fire. When you ain't have food, bro, that bread tasted so good. And I made it as <laughs> hey, look, I made it as thick as I made it as thick as possible to hold me over. The kitchen stinking. It was just bread. <laughs> So I actually made the bread, bro. I actually made the bread. And I don't know. I, you know, you just look it up online. How do you make unleavened bread? And I made it. I remember E, shout out to E, man. Uh, 50s, what we call him, Eric Williams. Yeah. He used to come down. <laughs> he was hilarious. Hey, what you doing, bro? You good, bro? <laughs> he used to just ask you certain questions. And... But this is why I love that time because even the, the owner of the league came up to me one game. Because I told you, like, even during that time, I was sitting out, like, new moons and stuff. Now, I don't do this stuff now, but at the, that was where I, that's where I was at at the time. That's why I keep saying that. And the owner of the league, we played against the best team, Yakima, from Yakima, Washington. They had a uh, oh. big dude from – they had the big dude that just Jenkins. went to Washington – they had Jenkins that just played at Villanova to hit the shot. They had, they, him. They had Robert Upshaw? Up, Upshaw was playing with them. This is the year before he went to Poland. Oh. Yep. Robert Upshaw was with them. They had Tyler Thornton. Like, the league was a good yeah. league. It just didn't pay well. The dudes could hoop. The dudes was just trying to actually, you know, get to where they were trying to go. Jamario Moon's team, Smush Parker. Jamario Moon's little brother or cousin was there. He was just playing with the clip. Nephew. He was there. So, like, we – we're playing against them. We barely lose to them one night. We got a back-to-back because they can't fly back. We can't – if you come from all across the country in this league, we're going to play two games because <laughs> we're not about to – you know what I mean? It's not enough yeah. money. So, we played them the first game by a little bit. Next game, I had – but this is what I did, though. I didn't just do this stuff and not communicate. I communicated everything to my to coach. I communicated to management, like, look, this is what I believe. This is what I'm going to do. This is the days I'm not going to be able to do certain things. I remember we went to practice one time. I had to sit out practice. We was down practice in Notre Dame, by Notre Dame. 
at some sweet uh, facility down there. We walked in and the dude was playing worship music. He had a whole studio. He had all that. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't practice that day. And I ended up talking to the owner. And it was the owner's. The owner was like the. His brother was the one that ran the league. Yeah, his, I'm forgetting his, brother, his name yeah. right now. I'm forgetting his name, but such a cool dude. So anyways, look at how it worked out. I'm sitting there, bro, and I'm not playing the second game, the back-to-back. The owner's at our game. He, he coming to me. He's like, hey, man, uh, why aren't you playing? I was like, uh, I'm just – this is my, you know, day off. It's a new moon, so it's, you know, my religious observance. I said something like that. And he was like, oh, okay, well, what do you believe? Like, are you Jewish? And I was like, nah, I'm not Jewish. Like, I believe in the most high God. Like, that's what I believe in. I, at the time, I said something like taking care of, like, the poor widows and orphans. Like, whatever it says in James. That's what I said. That's what my religion is. And we had a full-on 20, 30-minute convo. And at the time, it was deeper for me than just basketball because God was showing me, like, look, I know you don't understand everything yet, but you're being naive, like Wayne was saying earlier. You're naive right now as far as what you're trying to do, and I'm going to take care of you. Like, I'm show you that you're still going to be protected here. You're good. And for me, that changed my life because I went – even from there, there were certain standards that I was able to have after the year of Slovakia, after even in Sweden, and everything was taken care of, but I had to stand. And I used to look at old stories like, man, if the dude can stand in the fire because they believe in God and they ain't want to do certain things or if they don't want to eat certain mm-hmm. things, I'll be good. That was where I was at at the time. Now I understand mm-hmm. a little bit more. So it's not just based on physical things. It's based on different things besides that. And that's why I want to encourage dudes is it's not about the things. Like there's nothing that makes you holy by you just not doing certain things. The holiness stuff comes from within. And at the time, I was big on, I need this unleavened bread to make me holy. <laughs> That's why right. Wayne was like, <laughs> Wayne was like, what you want to do, bro? I, I need to make something happen where he made some type of decision. He came to me and was asking me something. I don't know what it yeah. was, but I, uh, I forget. Yeah, I was just I like, hey, bro, that. just fast. I, <laughs> I was like, just fast. Yeah, you told me fast. I was like, you go fast, bro. He was like, he looked at me like, huh? But, but, what I what I should have done at that time was fast and remove everything that's blocking you from hearing God's voice. That's what I should have done. Because if you live a lifestyle like that, where you remove everything that's blocking you from communion and hearing, you can walk around and hear God's voice. Because God's all speaking. I seen a sweet yeah. uh, gif or a picture where it was like, I think it was there's supposed to be Jesus behind them. And it was like Jesus here. But there was like a bunch of like darkness and like a demon and like some other stuff in between the other dude. And Jesus is sitting there just talking. And but he the dude couldn't hear him because it was so much stuff in between blocking it. Yeah, so that's all I recommend with guys is you don't gotta go to the stream like I did, but we all know the stuff we're not supposed to be doing, the relationships that we in we're not supposed to be in, the things we watch and listen to the blocks it and that's the whole point of why it's created so mm-hmm. i'm glad you brought that up wayne because i i got a chance to rewrite my past a little <laughs> bit but hey shoot man hey it's been it's been a pleasure that having you awesome. on man for real man, like thank you so much appreciate it yeah, appreciate y'all, man. Uh, yeah, it's, man. it's worth it man you know 
it's 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 good. Like for me, I would have it would have been a struggle, you know, a couple of years ago talking about this because confidence wise, I, I would have been scared to talk about these things and put it out there because, you know, I would have been like, oh, people are gonna, you know, judge me, think I'm weak or whatever. But now I know, like, I'm not alone. You know, we have talks like this. I got talks with, you know, people in my in my circle, and um, that's another mm-hmm. thing I didn't really talk about much is kind of my mentors and circle that I, I talk with daily and. You know, often that got me this as well. But, um, yeah, man, I appreciate y'all. And I hope, you know, the message spreads far and wide. And, um, and it's been a, a blessing for me as well. So, appreciate y'all. Man, that's true. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. This was awesome. Everybody give it up for Wayne, McCullough. Yeah, everybody give it up, up for him real quick because it was, it was a really good time. We had a really good day it with was. him. Yeah, I see the time. We got to make a cheer one for that one. We got to make a cheer one for that one. <laughs> My hands are up in the air right now, but you can't see it. So, you can feel it, though. You can feel it. Wayne, yeah. uh, love you, brother. It's great to see you, man. And if you guys want to check out more information, we're going to have a give and go section on this. And we're going to be able to uh, really break down more details, some of the things Wayne talked about. And if you want to see more of this information, go to weareguysimage.com slash IGI, how to be a pro. Weareguysimage.com slash IGI, how to be a pro. We're more than just a podcast. We actually have a full mentorship program. If you want to know workouts, things like that, that's cool. But really it's focused on this part of things. How can you actually know how to be the light, how to actually go into these cultures and still fulfill what God called you to do? How do you actually deal with these issues these are what the topics that we have in the give and go section It's very inexpensive. Like it's not meant to make money. The whole point is meant to help. If you really trying to learn how to be a pro, go check that out. The podcast is here. That's why we bring pros on here as well. But Boog, any last words before we shut this thing down? Man, no, I just appreciate you, Wayne, again. This was fun. This was awesome. I'm so happy you were able to come on. We're gonna let you get some rest you got that conditioning. And we're going to see you guys next time. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Imagine what you could accomplish if fear was not an option. And this is where the impossible becomes normal. I'm T. Jax. That's my main man, Scott Boogie. Scott Boogie. <laughs> we'll see you guys here soon. Have a great one. This is IGI. This is IGI. This is IGI. This is How to Be a Pro.